Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. All right, here we are. Uh, why don't we? What do we want to start with? Let's start with Chris Harris. Does that work? You want to start with Chris Harris? Yeah. What? So to give everyone a, a basic rundown, he's going to be holding out probably until after the draft, because that's when John Elway said that they were going to rework his contract. Right. And, I, you know, it's interesting because can you call it a holdout? It's just off-season workouts. It's not even real football. I, I think what it, it – it is a holdout because it's a negotiation tactic at this point because he's he wants to get extended. He wants to be paid as one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, which he is. And I think – what's going to be interesting and what is going to determine all of this is what happens in the draft. Are they going to get a cornerback at number 10? Are they going to get one in the second round? Because that's going to be what determines whether or not Chris Harris Jr. gets extended and gets the contract that everyone in Broncos country wants him to get. That's a, you know what, that's an interesting thought because if you're drafting a guy that high, are you drafting him with the eye towards replacing Chris Harris Jr.? And is Chris Harris Jr. replaceable? And I would argue that he probably is not. 
Um, this this to me seems like a bit of a misstep in John, on John Elway's part, just because Chris Harris Jr. has proven time and time again for the last however many seasons he's been with the Broncos. What is it, five now, six, seven? I, I don't know. Numbers are hard for me. But every year he's one of the best players on the field, and he's gotten better every year, and he's a leader in the locker room. He's a, a presence on the team that I don't think you want to sacrifice, and so it would be it would it would be a problem, in my opinion, for John Elway to allow him to uh, hold out to 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 not give him the extension. And it was funny because I was looking at the conversation in Slack today, surprisingly, and uh, you know the conversation was when he signed his contract, he was like one of the top five paid cornerbacks in the NFL, but now the way his contract is structured based on the way contracts have gone and the increase in the salary cap and things like that, he's like the 25th highest paid cornerback in the NFL. So his contract was good for when he signed it. It just isn't good now. And and that's something that I think the Broncos really need to look at and rectify. They need to fix that. And I think that that's what everyone is waiting to see what happens because I don't think there's anyone in Broncos country who would disagree that Chris Harris Jr. needs to get paid and should get paid and should get paid as one of the best cornerbacks in football, which he is. But as I said, it's all going to be determined, I think, on what happens in the draft and who they pick. Because if they get a cornerback in the first round or even the second round, is there really a spot for Chris Harris Jr. then in the defense? Well, yes, I think that's. I think the question is is a little strange because there's still a spot for him. the The, the problem is, is there a spot for him? Not necessarily in in 2019, uh, but is there a spot for him in 2020, 2021? And that's where things start to get tricky. I, I'm not so sure when we talk. Okay, so when we had um, Tampa Bay Trey on, right? We had Trevor uh, Trevor Sikama on from the Draft Network. I don't remember cornerbacks really being something that was talked about for the Broncos in the first round or even the second round when we when we had that discussion. So is that is that something that's on the radar for the draft? I guess that's my question because I don't see that as being a need that the Broncos should be addressing in in this draft, at least not early on in the draft. I think you can never have it's like pass rushers you can never have enough cornerbacks so whether or not they address it in the first round or the second round I think it's definitely something that you're always looking to add whether they do it in the first round or the second round I don't think they should I think especially if there's a guy like Ed Oliver there at number 10 you take Ed Oliver because I think he's a guy who can take this defense to the next level especially with the pressure that he's going to be able to create in the middle of that defensive line, which the defense has lacked since Malik Jackson left for Jacksonville. So whether it's something that they address in the first or second round, I think it's always something that you're looking to get depth because you can't have enough depth at that position, in my opinion. And like I said, with pass rushers, I I think that's something that they should be looking to add for depth as well in the draft. So you have Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, Jeffrey Holland. After that, there's still pieces that they need in terms of depth to make sure that you have 
enough bodies to go in and out for the way Fangio wants his defense to play. Right. I guess I guess my point though in in regards to Chris Harris is he's there is depth at cornerback, right? There that the Kareem Jackson and Bryce Callahan sort of create that depth. You have Yadam on the on the roster still, so Isaac Yadam is, is depth. I'm not sure that that's an area that you should be focused on. And to me, this, like I said, this is a misstep on on John Elway's part. Uh, you know, you you pay him his money and you move on because he's earned it. You know, he's going to be a, a solid player on your team for the next two or three years minimum. Um, and then, you know, I, I I just I see it as a I see it as a problem in the locker room when you start eliminating guys like that. That doesn't make sense to me. And I think that that. It, I only bring up the draft just because I think that's the only thing that's going to keep him from being extended. But I think it's still going to happen. I I want Chris Harris Jr. to finish his career as a member of the Broncos. I want him to retire a Bronco. He's one of those players who, like Rod Smith, as an undrafted player, you want him to start his career and finish his career in Denver because he will end up in the Broncos ring of fame. That's the type of career that he's had in Denver. And he learned from champ Bailey. He's going to keep that mindset that Chris Harris jr. Learned from champ Bailey. He's going to be able to carry that throughout all of the guys who get the chance to work with him. So keep him in the defense, reward him. Yes. He did have a top five contract, when he negotiated that a couple of seasons ago that allowed the Broncos to get a keep to and TJ Ward and DeMarcus Ware. He still got paid. He still got his millions, but reward him, reward him for all that he's brought to the organization, not just for the hometown discount that he got, but for everything else that he's accomplished over the course of his career, if you're not going to reward a guy like Chris Harris Jr. for being what the Denver Broncos are all about, then you're not going to. So after the draft, the first thing John Elway needs to do is lock up Chris Harris Jr. for a three- or four-year deal with two years guaranteed which gives them flexibility since he is 30 years old and he is getting older. And as we saw with Champ Bailey, when it happens to a cornerback, the drop-off happens immediately. I'm not saying that's going to happen to Chris Harris Jr. the next couple of seasons, but it gives them flexibility if you go with a three- or four-year deal with two years guaranteed. Right, and I, I think that's the key, right? Get get that money um, or, or, or get that contract situated so that there there is an out but you still are, like you said, rewarding him. I, I think that's the key here. I think all of Broncos country is in agreement. What Chris Harris Jr. has done for this team and, and the, the 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 run that they went on in the 2015 Super Bowl win, the you know the the fact that he's been uh, a stalwart on defense for a team that really the last few years has sort of squandered some some really talented players in Von Miller and Chris Harris and some other guys. I I, I think you have to to sort of take a look at that situation and. Reward him for what he's done, and you you pay that man his money, right? Pay that man his money. That's what you do. You you got to pay him and move on. That was my very horrible 
impression of John Malkovich from Rounders. You plopped it out there and expected it. Oh, well done. Well done. Well plopped, as they might say. Or flopped. Or flopped. Yes, that's true. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the Chris Harris Jr. thing we're all in agreement on. I don't. I haven't seen anybody who has said, no, he doesn't deserve an extension. No, he doesn't deserve to have, you know, to be paid. I, I think everybody's in agreement on that. The, the one thing that I've seen is that people want him to get paid now. Not after the draft, but now. And I think that's where there's been some some disagreement or some angst with Elway about waiting. But yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I, I, I get why Elway is waiting because his focus is on the draft right now. Right. And he's going to, he's going to run it like a business and he's going to, you know, he's got his list of things he wants to accomplish and the things that he's going to do. I, I, I don't see, I don't see it being a problem to wait until after the draft. I just think that if you're waiting till after the draft to see if you draft a cornerback, I, I don't care if you draft a cornerback first round, seventh round, none of that matters to me. You still pay Chris Harris because he's Chris Harris Jr. He is, he's strap Harris. You, you pay the man and that's, that's what you have to do. Um, that being said though, they are in their off season workouts. They, they were able to get in early because of the new coaching staff and, I don't know. I thought it was. I thought Von Miller had some interesting things to say about about the team and about about Vic Fangio. What what was your takeaway from from Von's takeaway of of what's going on and how he feels about about Fangio being the head coach and that kind of stuff? Because I saw a couple of interesting comments on uh, a Tim's article that he wrote on it from from some of the the community in Mile High Report, sort of calling Von Miller a, a, a kiss up, say you know, sort of like what else is he gonna say? Uh, obviously it's, you know, this, is this really how he feels? Can anybody really know that kind of stuff? I don't, what, what was your takeaway on that? My takeaway is that there is buy-in to what Vic Fangio is going to bring to the Broncos. And that's what we've been talking about on the podcast since he was hired. And you saw that with what Mike Kliss tweeted out yesterday. And there were a couple of people who were being skeptical, like, well, let's see what they do on the field first. But the thing with Fangio is he's been consistent in his messaging from his news conference introducing him as the Broncos head coach to yesterday, his first meeting in front of the Broncos. is It's about the details. No more death by inches. It's about focusing on what you can, what you can control, and that's the meetings. Put in the work now and you will be successful come the season. And that's what the Broncos have lacked for at least the last two seasons. Because the other thing that the players told Cliss over the from that first meeting is that he's a no-nonsense guy. He's a no-BS guy. And that's, again, what this team has, has lacked and needed and desperately craved the last two seasons is someone who is going to have that approach to hold their feet to the fire and expect them to be better, but show them how to be better. And that's what a good teacher does. And that's what has me so excited about Vic Fangio and the staff right now at the juncture 
is that he's going to get the best out of them. Yeah, I thought, and and whether and whether it leads to wins or not, it's it's way too early to tell because they haven't even stepped on the field yet. But when you have that approach and you know that you're going to have a head coach who wants the best out of you, you're going to give a little bit more. Right. No, I I agree. It's funny. Uh, Tim just threw something in here on the on the stream. He says, "I never called Vaughn a kiss up." You didn't. Tim did not call him a kiss up. It wasn't Tim. It was some of the guys that it was some of the community members uh, who on the article in the comment section made that comment. So just to clear that up, so so that uh, there's no confusion there. And I think that something you will find, and this is I think is is true in all walks of life. Something you will find is. When there's a certain attention to detail, you will you will see that play out on the field. And, and I like what you said there about how we, we really don't know if it'll translate to wins because they haven't done any football, anything. They've just been lifting and, and running and that kind of thing. But when you've when you've got a guy who and I love that he's a teacher and I, I think that that's just such a, a great thing for this franchise to have. But when you have a guy who's able to focus on those details, the little things, the understanding that when you do small stuff right, big stuff happens correctly. You know what I'm saying? Like you do the little stuff. If you do all the little stuff right, the big stuff takes care of itself because all the little stuff is what the big stuff is is built on. That foundation of details, that foundation of of focusing on doing things correctly. And, and I hate to say this, and, and, and I'm going to sound like Bill Belichick, and it's I don't like it, but doing your job. Right, you have a job to do. You have this gap assignment. You have, you know, you you have to you have to block this guy. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna have to run this route. You have to hit this yard marker, and you have to go this. You know, those kinds of things, those small, minute attention to detail things. Those are the kinds of things that I think Vic Fangio wants to bring to the Denver Broncos, which is great. But I also think it comes from buy-in. I think. Teams that buy into the French to the system, right? Teams that buy into what um, to what the coach is trying to do, what the franchise is trying to do. Teams that the players that buy into those things, they have attention to detail because they want to be good, because they want to be great, and because they know that that's important. You lose that lack, you lose that focus when you don't buy into things. And I think we saw that with the Broncos at the end of the season last year. They were six and six last year when Chris Harris was injured. And we all know how the season ended. There was a lack of focus. There there was no buy-in, right? You had a, a head coach who was calling out the best player on the defense for offside penalties, which was ridiculous. You had a, a an offense that was sputtering, that didn't really have an identity, that couldn't get things going. And, and the truth was they had no identity, so they had nothing to buy into. And so they had a lack of focus, which meant they weren't paying attention to the little things. And they ended up six and 10. That's well, just the, the other thing with the offense is that they didn't, they didn't work on the strengths of the players. They didn't play to the strength of their quarterback. They didn't play to the strength of the running game. They didn't even focus on the running game. Which, again, I think goes back to, to the buy. Now you the players know that. If you know that and I know that, and everybody who's who's ever watched football knows that, then the players are going to know that, and they're not going to buy into that system. And, that, and that's kind of the, the point that I'm making here, at least from the start. And, th- and this is sort of what I like to see is you have – you have Von Miller, who is clearly clearly the leader on defense. He's the best player on the team. He's 
He's he's the franchise. And he's coming out and he's at least he's saying the right things. He's buying in right now. Will that continue as the season goes on? Or will the players not buy in? And if they don't buy in, are they going to pay attention and, and focus on the little things? Are those Is that attention to detail stuff going to matter? And, and I think that's something that will be interesting to see as the season starts up and then as it, as it goes on. But like you said, as of right now, we can't judge anything because they're not doing anything. Well, the, the thing that I think will answer that question is what to happen when you start getting into a, into a routine, what happens? It becomes a habit. So if you buy in now and you see the reward for it, you're going to continue to do it. It's like, it's like the, um, oh, now it's a mind blank for me, but uh, Pavlov's theory where pa- yeah, Pavlov's when you, dog. When you do the same thing over and over again and you get, you get rewarded for it. You're going to continue to do it. And I think that's what's going to happen with the Broncos. And that's why it's so important to get it as soon as they start the offseason workouts, where you see a head coach is going to be there and demand the you get you do your best working out before you even step foot on the field. Is as you said, what reminds people of Bill Belichick and I, I had a, a follower on Twitter say bring up how the way Fangio talks reminds him of Bill Belichick because it's the same approach it's the same do your job yeah I mean it's a it's a football cliche for sure you know the inches we need and all that all that good stuff and uh, I, I'm I'm sort of fine with it I like the idea of do your job. And I think there were guys last year that were doing their job and there were guys that weren't. And and you have to have everybody pulling in the same direction. And if everybody's pulling in the same direction and you're doing what you're supposed to do and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and so everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing, things should work out. Now, it's football and every team has, you know, their their strengths and weaknesses. And so it's not always going to be perfect, but the idea is they're supposed to be better this year because of Vic Fangio, and I think that'll be an interesting thing to see. But what we're going to do right now, just because we have to, is we are going to take a, a quick, uh, you know, thirty-second break here for the audio side, so that uh, you know we can get our we can get our ad in, and we'll plop that one out there and expect it to perform here for just a minute. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. All right, that was cool. I, I, well, it was almost like my, my son was telling me to get started again. I can hear him up there yelling at somebody. Um, so we've talked about Chris's tweet and sort of that, that sort of first impressions of Von Miller and, and the stuff going on with, with Chris Harris. Is, is there something that, that we need to cover with the team that, that maybe isn't necessarily um, 
on you know something that people are really thinking about right now, something we should focus on. We talked a lot about the draft last week. That's what's coming up. Is there any any new developments that we should be considering? I think to continue on that conversation we just had about Vic Fangio is how it's it's interesting to think about how the Broncos kind of bucked the trend of hiring the young offensive coordinator as their head coach instead of just hiring the young offensive coordinator as an offensive coordinator. Right. So that's what's intriguing about all of this because you get the veteran defensive coordinator who you know is going to be able to develop a game plan to slow down Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. But you also have the young up-and-coming offensive guru, offensive guy in the nature of Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay now as your offensive coordinator, which will allow you to potentially make the playoffs this season as we were just asked, are the Broncos going to make the playoffs? Yeah, I, I think that if they're going to make the playoffs, it's going to be because the defense carries them and then the offense is 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 capable of putting a few points on the board uh, and, and sort of sticking with some of those teams like your Kansas Cities who are going to have good offenses. I, I mean, that's, that's just what has to happen. What, what should make you feel good, though, is... The, and this is gonna sound weird. Just just go with me on this. the The Patriots won the Super Bowl by using Vic Fangio's <laughs> by by using Vic Fangio's game plan against the Los Angeles Rams. And so, if you look at that and you think about what the Patriots were able to do against that really really good offense, I have a feeling that Vic Fangio will be able to do the same thing against a team like Kansas City. So some of those things will be mitigated because he, he will be able to uh, game plan that stuff. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's all kind of one of those things where everything kind of has to fall into place, but at the same time, you're, you can see the pieces are at least there, right? You know you have the right pieces. Now it's just see, seeing if they can actually have them fall into place. I think what will add into all of that, which ties all of this back together with Fangio, but especially Ed Donatel and even Ronaldo Hill, you're going to be able to get the best out of the players the Broncos have had the last couple of years to finally reach their potential. And I think you're going to see that with Will Parks. I think Will Parks at strong safety in this defense is going to I think he's going to take the next couple of steps in his career, especially if he's going to be able to play to his strengths, which is not something that Joe Woods or Vance Joseph put these players in a position to do the last two years. And I think playing next to a guy like Justin Simmons, who will be the free safety, who will be able to do what he does. Yeah. is going to benefit both of them. And then you add in Kareem Jackson and Bryce Callahan and Chris Harris Jr. I think Will Parks has the potential to have a very good season. And he had a strong season in 2018. Yeah, I, th I think he is going to be able to take the next step with Vic Fangio, Ed Donatel, and Ronaldo Hill 
to help get the Broncos potentially take that next step and get into the playoffs, but at least make the defense that much better. Right. I would actually argue that uh, Simmons was really the weak link in, weak link of those two last year. I think he struggled with some things as far as missed assignments. Um, it just he looked like he was uh, out of place a lot of time, and I I think he needs somebody like a Vic Fangio and an Ed Donatel. I think those are the types of guys who can can like you said maximize the potential of a guy like Simmons. And Will Parks is Will Parks is a bit of a stud if you ask me. I, I and I don't think you need to look any further than that play against Pittsburgh on the goal line when that, exactly that should have been a touchdown and. Everybody here knows it, and instead of it being a touchdown, it's Broncos ball. So um, it's 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 one of those things where just based on on coaches alone, you're gonna see some improvement because that's how bad uh, the coaching staff was for the Denver Broncos. How much of an improvement is going to depend on, like I said before, how much buy-in you see from the players and. And that's gonna take that's gonna take some some time. It's gonna take some time to gel. It's gonna take some time to get into the system, and, and really get things working. There is one thing that has been much ballyhooed about Broncos country the last couple of days is the new draft hat. <laughs> yeah, I like the word ballyhooed. That's a good use of the word ballyhooed. Um, and uh, I'm gonna okay. I'm going to take an unpopular opinion here and say I kind of like the draft hat. I, I do. I kind of like it. It's got the triangles like mountains and uh well it's the, it's the Denver logo. Yeah. That's okay. It's the Denver logo. They're the Denver Broncos and and it's got I I like it. I like the hat. Am I am I not supposed to like the hat? It's better than the hat from 2018. Yes, I would agree with that. It is it is a marked improvement from two. I can't believe we're talking about fashion. <laughs> I, I will say that I think what's more important are the players who wear the hat. So yeah. I, it, I, I don't care what the hat is. If they get a guy like Ed Oliver and he's the one who puts the hat on. Right. Well, does anybody remember what Bradley Chubb looked like in the hat last year? No, we just remember that Bradley Chubb was a bit of a stud in 2018 and looks like he's going to be even better in 2019 so yeah ed oliver i'd be okay with ed oliver and that and that cool hat yeah i'm cool with that i i think to me that's i know we talked about devin white but i don't think he's going to get past tampa bay i don't think he's going to get past the bucks at five I, i i would love to see ed oliver in this defense in between bradley chubb and von miller yeah, because, I, as I said in in Joe Rolls's roundtable, when you get an interior pass rush, it helps everything on the defense. It helps the it helps the pass rush because you get interior it, it, because when you get that, then it forces a guy to step outside right into the grips of Bradley Chubb or Von Miller. It helps the run game. It helps the secondary because. The guys don't have to cover as long, whether they're linebackers, safeties, or cornerbacks. So the thought of Ed Oliver in this defense is my dream scenario in this draft. Right, and you know it's it's interesting because I actually think that what you're talking about on defense is exactly what the Broncos need to do because 
if you can get that push up up the middle, that's how you're going to impact a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who yes, he's he's mobile. He's he's a he's a he's a mobile quarterback who can throw on the run, and and he proved last year that his athleticism will carry the day in in a lot of situations. But if you can get that push up the middle and the and the the edge rushers can can get home, disrupting him is going to be a way that's going to help the Broncos finally beat the Chiefs, who they have not beat since uh, 2015. So I, I like your I like your idea there. I'm fine with that. I think that's great. If if uh, either one of the line linebackers, Devin Bush or Devin White, your choice, uh, were there, I'd be okay with that as well. I think a, a linebacker is. Uh, inside linebacker is something that is needed in a Vic Fangio defense. And so if they can find somebody who fits what Vic Fangio wants to do, I think that also helps uh, the defense as well. I, I, I don't see them taking anybody offensively. Like there's been talk about take it, grabbing a tight end because there's some good tight ends out there. Um, but I, I just, I don't see it. I don't, I don't see any tight. I don't think it's a, that much of a need. I, I, I think it's a need because I don't think the Broncos have any good tight ends, but that's just my take. I don't. Th- I don't think that they're going to take a tight end in the first round. And I, I think what will be interesting because obviously people are going to think quarterback. I'm not. I, I think it, it depends on who's there. I, I think, as we've said for months, the last couple of months on this on the on the podcast, the thing that free agency allowed them to do is not be pigeonholed into what they're doing. So it now allows them to draft the best player available on their board. So whether that's, if it is Drew Locke, if Drew Locke is there, if it's Ed Oliver, if it's one of the Devons. One of the Devons. If, if it's if it's Quinn and Williams. One of the Devons sounds like a cool band. <laughs> if you didn't listen to the podcast with Trevor Sycamore, the reason I would love to see Quinnen Williams fall to the Broncos at number 10 is because of what would what Trevor Sycamore would then do with his computer. He said he would throw it out of his window. I wonder how is he like how high up is his window? If it's, if it's first story, maybe maybe there's some bushes, it catches the computer, everything's fine, right? That's that's maybe one of those things that we should have asked. We should have we should have figured that out. Um Yeah, we're reading the chat. I don't know if you can tell, but we are definitely answering the questions. I I, I appreciate the shout outs. We're we're reading them. We're getting we're getting to the questions. I, I appreciate that. Uh, I I feel like Quinn and Williams. Um, that's not going to happen, right? Isn't that that's that's pretty much what we have to say here? Is that that's probably not going to happen? I I think I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going Devin White. Okay. I think that'd be great because then, you know, the Broncos, here's the thing in this draft, there are, there is a lot of, of talent. Okay. There's a, there's a lot of talent that can, can be had with the number 10 pick. I also think, and this is something that I've been saying for a while now, I think it's a good idea if they even trade out of the first round, right? Start focusing on the 2020 draft, even the 2021 draft, start building, uh, start, start building capital. You know, start building that draft capital for for the quarterback of the future. Because because my opinion on it is there is no quarterback of the future in this draft. 
And that's really what the Broncos need at this point. They need a quarterback of the future. Well, your quarterback of the future is Trevor Lawrence. He is. I don't know. There's a, you'll get no argument from me on that. Trevor Lawrence is is the quarterback of the future uh, for for me for me and all of Broncos country and everybody who watches the NFL. There, I don't think there's a, a single person out there who doesn't think to themselves, "Man, it sure would be nice to have Trevor Lawrence on my football team in the future." Uh, if if you don't want him on your team, you're not paying attention to football. That's just I mean that's just the way it is. And I think my retort to yours about getting assets for the future is I think it all depends on who's there at number 10. If a guy like Ed Oliver is there at number 10, hell no, you don't trade back. Right. No, I, I agree. I think that that's one of the things you have to, you have to go into this draft open-minded. I think that that's one of the biggest things that has to happen for the Broncos is you, you go in with your list of guys, right? The guys that you absolutely want, but you also have to be flexible and understand if they're not there, be willing to trade out. Or if somebody offers you a, a you know a ransom for somebody, like uh, let's say that uh, Washington really likes Drew Locke and they're willing to trade up to get him because he's still there at ten, and they're willing to offer you a couple of future first round picks. I think you have to consider that. That's really uh, the the biggest thing you can do is is be open minded in this draft. Best player available on the board is always the best way to go, in my opinion. And and don't pigeonhole yourself, which, as you said, Joe Flacco allows them to not be pigeonholed into taking a quarterback in this draft. So what are we looking forward to now? I mean, it, what will make this a successful draft now that we're a couple of weeks out from it? You know what? I It's almost one of those things where I don't think you can even judge a draft. But everybody wants to say, well, what makes it a successful draft? I, don't you have to wait until the players hit the field? Did anybody leave the 2018 draft thinking that John Elway had really hit it out of the park the way that he did? I, I don't think so. I think there were people who were happy with, with you know Bradley Chubb. But did you know that Cortland Sutton was going to be that good? Did you know that, that Philip Lindsay was going to sign with the Broncos and be that good? Did you? I mean, that's that's the thing is you can't really judge a draft until they actually get on the field and play. On the other side of that, I think if they're able to get into uh, get into a situation where they do what's best for the team as far as filling a need or building capital, those are the two things that I think make this a successful draft. And not just in round one, right? You can't just focus on round one. There are more rounds to a draft in the NFL. There's round two and round three and round four. And then there's also round five, there's a round six, and then there's a round seven. And so you have to remember that. It's not just about what they do in round one. And so if they are willing to take the you know take best player available at, at 10, great. If they want to trade out, great. If they think Drew Locke's the guy, great. What makes it successful is if they, if they have conviction in what they do and, and that's it. And yes, Hart, we know how much you loved the draft in 2018. I think what will make this a successful draft is if it's not 2017. <laughs> no, I have no opinions on Tyree Jackson. Just just throwing that out there. Yeah, I, I don't either. I, I, I think I, I'm more with John Ledger, as Trevor Sikama said on our last podcast. If you're not going to get a quarterback in the first round, 
don't draft one. And it's not just because of how Broncos fans obsess over the late round quarterbacks. Oh, I, I can't. I, uh, it gives me the gives me the chills. The ugh. no thank if you. If, if you're gonna get a quarterback, go all in on that quarterback. That's that's really all you can do, and I, I think that's the best way to go. And I think with quarterback at this point, I, I think they need to see what Joe Flacco has for 2018, which is why I don't think they'll go quarterback in this draft. So let, let's see what Joe Flacco does in this offense with Rich Scangarello, with, with Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick. If they get another receiver in the draft, let's see what happens. And I think it, it, it's there for them to be able to do whatever they want to do. If, he, if Flacco plays well, then there you go. If he doesn't, after this year, there's no dead money on the cap. They move on, potentially draft the quarterback in 2020. Or your dream, wait till 2021. I almost almost don't even like to talk about it because if you talk about it, maybe it won't come true. And if we don't talk about it, maybe it will come true. I I, I don't know. You know, that's actually an interesting question. I'm going to answer this one. The, the, The question's about quarterback depth. Uh, you know, yes, we have Flacco, we have Hogan, and we have, uh, what's his name, Grayson something or other? Is it Grayson? I can't Garrett remember. Garrett Grayson. Garrett Grayson, thank you. Uh, yeah, no, the depth isn't great, but I don't think that John Elway is going to go into training camp without signing another um, another veteran quarterback that will be the backup quarterback. I, I, think, I think it's pretty obvious that if they don't draft a quarterback, they'll sign a, a veteran quarterback and it won't be an issue. So it's, it's really not that big a deal. Like looking at the depth chart now, that's the other thing. You look at the depth chart now for a position like quarterback, it, it almost doesn't even matter because it's it's clearly not um, – it's, 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 it's just not something that's worth looking at because you know, you know things are going to change. So I'm not worried about their depth chart right now when it comes to quarterback. I think in terms of Flacco's health – I think at this point when he says that he, it's the healthiest that he's been, I think we have to take him at his word. And then that's where you hope the offensive line is able to take the tutelage from Mike Munchak and get better. Because if Mike Munchak is able to do with the offensive line that we all hope, and I, and I think that offensive line is going to be uh, a need in this draft that they're going to have to address. And my hope would a guy like Dalton Risner in the second round from Kansas state. I think that would be a very nice addition for this team. So I I think in terms of Flacco's health, I I think it's all tied together. It's all tied to the offense. I think it's with Scangarello and and what he wants to do. Because if you look at Flacco, the most successful season he's had the last five years was in an offense similar to the one he's going to be running with Scangarello when Gary Kubiak was his offensive coordinator in 2014. So let's it's it's let's wait see and what see. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean let let's see what they look like on the field. Let's see what he's able to do with these weapons with Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman and then see what they do in the draft to to add in some pieces that they may not have right now. Yeah, I and I honestly I think at this point that's really where we're at. Right, Broncos country is is sort of stuck, and we all want we all want things to happen quickly. We all want to be able to say, well, this is what's going to happen. But but the truth is, 
we're kind of stuck just just watching <laughs> which I know sounds crazy but we are we're kind of stuck just watching and waiting You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. <laughs>